Hi everyone, it's Bill Black, the Exit Coach from the Exit Coach Radio Show. You know, one of the biggest questions I get on the show is what exactly goes into a business exit plan and when should I start creating mine? Well, I always tell people that the best time to start was five years ago, but the next best time is now because you never know when you might need it. So we put together a free report that describes what an exit plan is and what you should know. You can get it free by texting exit plan with no spaces to 44222. That's exit plan to 44222. Again, text exit plan to 44222. Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Thank you for listening. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Um, we always have a wide variety of guests here, Exacoach Radio, as we have this morning. And my next guest is a friend of mine, uh, someone that I've known uh, through a group called Provisors. And she is the founder and president of Solution Harbor, Inc. Amanda Scott, she's been recruiting since 2002 and places management to executive level employees with their clients in California and nationally. Amanda is an experienced entrepreneur, having successfully started two companies, including Solution Harbor, Inc., which has been in business since 2010, and she has a proven method and makes long-lasting placements. She never has to utilize her replacement guarantee in her 18-year career. And uh, and Amanda and her firm place management and executive level employees in operations, human resources, and finance. Uh, She has a BA degree from SDSU in philosophy and is a daily meditator and practices yoga several times a week. And she believes strongly in bringing her yogic principles of mindfulness into her business and strives to do what is right for her clients and her candidates. Recruiting is deeply personal and important process for any business as well as employees. And Amanda really cares about the human aspects of profession. Now, I read that, let me tell you the real truth. I'm in situations often where Amanda Scott and I are in the same meeting and people give her tremendous kudos and uh, compliments for the way she does her business. So Amanda, with that, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Bill. What a great compliment and great way to start the show. <laughs> my pleasure, my yeah. pleasure. It's, it's uh, uh, We've had uh, the good fortune of being in this group, Provisors, which really means that we're, uh, we have hundreds and hundreds of, of top provi- advisors at our fingertips, and that makes you a great resource out there. Tell us a little bit more about how you started Solution Harbor and how you help folks there. Sure, absolutely. Thank you. So um, my entire career has been in recruiting, and I've had the opportunity to work for a large national firm. I worked for a couple of boutique specialty firms, and I pretty quickly realized that I love the profession of recruiting, but I don't like the recruiting industry. I don't think that recruiters are bad people, but I think the way the industry is structured, it's so focused on closing deals that the recruiters forget the deals, the quote deals we are closing directly affect people's livelihood. We're talking about business owners hiring employees and employees changing jobs. Those are two very stressful, significant things. And so 10 years ago, I started Solution Harbor. I said enough, we're doing things the right way. I would much rather do less work and have it be the right work. Um, So I'm very particular about the companies I choose to represent 
I'm extremely picky about the candidates that I choose to represent. Um, and, you know, we've, we just celebrated 10 years in business, and we're just jamming and really enjoying what we're doing. Well, congratulations on that. Uh, what are some of the misconceptions about hiring with all the unemployment that we're hearing about these days? So, you know, you see all this unemployment news, and it's terrible. And, of course, we feel badly for the people that are being affected by that. But you see that and you think, wow, so much unemployment. Um, it must be easy to recruit people right now. Well, as you mentioned in my introduction, I focus on high-level managers, VPs, C-level employees. Those folks are still employed. And so it's, it's exceedingly difficult to recruit those people now because not only are they employed, but they're afraid. We have a lot of uncertainty in the world. And if they have a, a decent job where they know how their employer has handled the pandemic, they know how their employer has handled uh, anti-discrimination and inclusion, they tend to want to stay put. And so you really have to seek out those passive A players that are currently working and inspire them to consider your opportunity. So whether you're you know, an employer and you're doing that type of work yourself or you're working with an executive recruiter to go out and kind of seek out the best possible talent, there's a lot of work in getting that candidate to even consider an opportunity. So just because there's high unemployment doesn't mean the type of people that you need to hire to manage your company are unemployed. So okay, I that's, that's a, the that's biggest. A, that's, that's a big tip for, for these days. And how can employers – um, on the other side, overcome candidates' fear in the hiring process regarding the pandemic and general uncertainty? Because certainly, I would think, uh, you know, I, I'd be concerned about, well, you, you made it through phase one, but are you going to make it through phase two in the future? Sure. Yeah, so part of our process at Solution Harbor when we work with a new client is to really help them lay the groundwork for the search. So we, you know, companies often will come to us with a list of tasks they want completed rather than what are we trying to accomplish by hiring this person. So we really look at it from an accomplishment-based standpoint. We also help them figure out what are you looking for in a personality. And then we help them craft a message, a sales message. So pointing out all of the great things about your company and today – pointing out all the things that you've done to handle these difficult situations we're facing. So, you know, fight it before it even has an opportunity to be a concern. In any opening, you know, email, LinkedIn message, voicemail, however you first contact the candidate, I would say something about it. You know, I always think address the elephant in the room. Don't just leave it sitting there. So be prepared mm -hmm. to answer questions about those things. So, so have, you know, be, be ready for those uh, those questions that might come up, and um, just don't <laughs> don't ignore it, right? Because because who knows what? Don't now, ignore it been, exactly. There's been a there's been a lot of trend towards um, uh, remote workers, and I guess a two part question here is: uh, tell us more about uh, what you're seeing with that trend, and number two, how does uh, an employer um, know? if uh, uh, an employee is going to be a good remote worker? Because I think there's a lot of concern about that. What, what are some of the ways that they can discern that? Sure. So let me answer that first. Um, 
the, you know, it's a hard question and there's no real easy answer on how to discern if someone's going to be a good remote worker. If they've been a remote worker before and they have good references, well, you know, that's, that's a good answer. I think if they've never worked remotely before, I think you really need to ask them, are you sure that you're going to be comfortable working remotely? Do you have space in your home to work remotely? Do you have interruptions? <laughs> you know, really drill into them about whether or not they're comfortable and set up for success to be working remotely. Um, if they've never done it before, when you talk to their references, I would say, you know, we're considering candidate Tom to uh, work remotely for our company. You know, do you feel that Tom has the self-discipline to work remotely? So you could ask questions of the, uh, the reference. Uh, as far as some new trends, so, you know, it can be scary to have remote workers if you haven't done it before, although I think so many people have been working remotely and it's been successful that companies are really reconsidering that. And the benefit of reconsidering that is if you have people working remotely, you've now opened up your pool of potential candidates. So we have a client in Orange County that hired two candidates through us last year. They had to be in Orange County, California. Well, then the company worked remotely for months because of the pandemic, and they needed to hire two more people this year. And so it was very exciting because instead of being limited to recruiting out of Southern California, we could recruit nationally. We ended up hiring someone in Illinois and someone in Maine who are both working remotely. We were able to find the best in the country, not just the best in Southern California. So I really urge employers to consider, you know, if it's, if it's possible for their company to have a remote workforce or, you know, some workers to be remote, you really can tap into a whole nation of potential candidates and find the best of the best, which is awesome. Yeah, and that brings up another question, and that is that I know that, you know, you're on the recruiting side of things, but are are you seeing some guidelines or best practices in companies that are hiring across time zones for, you know, if someone's in Maine and some and their company's in California, you just cut out a big part of the workday that there's there's going to be some, um, you're going to be expecting work, but you're not going to necessarily be uh, monitoring it if you if you run an eight-hour day, for instance. Do you know what I mean? So uh, yeah. are, are I mean, there I best just, practices I, I think, out there? Like, yeah. yeah. I think you need to be flexible within reason. So if your business is wholly, you know, uh, done in an eight-to-five Pacific time schedule, then when you, you know, approach a potential candidate, you need to tell them the hours are 8 to 5 Pacific time. So even though you're on the East Coast, that would be our hours. Um, with the company I just mentioned, uh, the CEO gave them each an hour of wiggle room so that they could uh, adjust somewhat. You know, he still wanted them to work mostly the same schedule as the West Coast counterparts. So I think you need to be flexible within reason. And if you can't be flexible, you just need to make sure that that's cleared with the potential candidate before you, you know, move past the first stage of an interview process. So if you're in California, you might want to ask that main candidate, are you an early riser? <laughs> <laughs> that would be a great question. <laughs> right. Or, and, you, and it goes the other even, way, too. If, yeah, and I, if a I would say not even are you an – I'm sorry, go ahead. No, please, sorry. 
Sorry to step on you there. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, it's not just about being an early riser because some people are early risers but have a whole process they do in the morning before they start their work day. Um, you know, you can also ask, like, when do you function the best? When do you feel like you do your best work? Those kinds of questions I think would be important too. Very good, very good. Yeah, and it seems like, you know, with the, with the COVID situation, and we're hearing this, especially in um, uh, Northern California, very expensive place to live. Uh, a lot of people are saying, well, it looks like I'm going to be virtual forever. I'm moving to Montana, let's just say. And so mm-hmm. um, is this a trend where we're going to, uh, for instance, figure out where are some of the best and brightest people moving to as far as a trend is concerned? Maybe it's Arizona, maybe it's Montana, maybe it's somewhere else. And, uh, and then uh, focusing our recruiting efforts maybe uh, geographically because we know that a lot of good people are moving to that area. Um, you know, I hadn't really thought about it that way. The way that I think about target recruits is to figure out and again, now we can do this nationally, not just locally, but figure out nationally. So we really like, we work across all different industries, but we love working in consumer packaged goods, food and beverage, food production, um, you know, anything revolving around those types of companies are really where we get excited. And so say you're a cosmetics manufacturer and your revenue is 25 million, you've got, you know, 40 employees, Rather than looking geographically, I would look at what other similar cosmetics manufacturers are there in the country, come up with a list of 10 or 20, and then figure out who, you know, if you're looking for a a VP of operations, for example, figure out who's managing operations at those 20 cosmetic companies and target those folks directly. So I... I, I understand your point about, you know, I guess if a company was considering having like a secondary location, if they wanted to figure out where the A players from that industry were moving, that might be a good idea. But in general, I think it's more about targeting the right kind of company versus the location. Makes sense. And so that, that's if you're representing more the, the uh, employee, I would, I would guess, right, at what you just described. If you're representing the employer, then uh, that that person they're looking for could be anywhere. And you focus on uh, typically the C-suite, the CFO and the COO, VP of sales, the the higher-ups in the company with your practice, right? Yeah, so we really do everything that's non-technical. We don't work on anything technical. So we're really operational-focused. So... You know, this year we've placed a handful of operations management professionals. We placed Bo. We've placed um, last year. I placed a couple of VP of HR. Um, yeah. So anything that's kind of man, high level manager to C level in those areas. So again, with the uh, the trend towards remote, if you're if you're placing a COO, um, is it uh, a plus? obviously for for them to demonstrate that they can manage a remote workforce these days is is that something that you find as a strong asset to to lead with on with someone so i have to tell you i'm not sure that a coo or a vp of operations could effectively completely work remotely i think it would you know especially if it was some kind of a product based company and there was any manufacturing or distribution involved I think it would be exceedingly difficult to manage that remotely. 
So I don't think all jobs can be remote. Now, could a CFO I, do their job remotely? Sure. Um, mm-hmm. You know, could a, an H, HR person do their job remotely? I think mostly. So, you know, again, it really depends on the company. Going back to my example of cosmetics, I, a lot of cosmetics companies outsource their manufacturing, so really it's managing a brand. They're really managing a brand, so an operations person, I think, could manage something like that remotely, or if it's a service, I think it could be managed remotely. So, yeah, I mean, I think if you're interviewing someone for a high-level position and you want them to be remote, you should ask them what their experience is with remote. Do they think they can be effective Although a lot of employees are not feeling safe about going into a workplace and they want to work remotely, a lot of people do want to work in uh, the workplace. So, um, you know, you just, you kind of have to feel that out. I think the more flexible you can be, again, within reason, as an employer, um, you know, the, the better candidate you can find. If you can make things work with the best candidate, you know, and you have the added flexibility of someone working remotely, even if it's the time, um, you know, get yourself the best candidate, <laughs> you know. So I, I really sense. think it's a lot a lot of being flexible and talking it through with the candidate. So uh, if someone is listening and they're, they're considering, you know, I should talk to Amanda about maybe finding um, a good, CFO or CEO, or in our case, uh, for our listeners, Amanda, a lot of people are really looking for that um, kind of leader uh, so that the owner of the business can um, uh, step aside a little bit and retire. Maybe they don't have someone strong internally. What are some of the first steps uh, to, to working with you? Um, is it start with a, a phone call and, a, and an interview? Yeah, so and what you just described is a ton of what we do. We love working with CEO owner operators that are either trying to move away from the business or even they're just overwhelmed and need additional help at a high level from some kind of a leader, whether that be operations, finance, et cetera. Um, For any of your listeners, we're happy to do kind of an initial uh, review of their interview and recruiting uh, philosophies. So if they have anything set up, we're certainly happy to talk that through with them. If they don't, I, I'd be happy to give them some ideas of what would need to be done to identify a candidate like that. Um, if they decide that's something that they don't want to do, because recruiting these days especially, it's quite time-consuming. Um, so if you know, if they decide they don't want to do the recruiting process on their own, we are happy to help. Um, we go through, once we are retained on a search, we go through, you know, a multi-step kind of preparation process. Um, but happy to have that kind of initial hour-long phone call to discuss what their strategy is and see if we can offer any advice. Excellent. And, again, the website is Solution Harbor, solutionharbor.com. And is that the best place for them to start to get to know you, Amanda, or should they you know, get in touch with you another way? No, nope, the website's great. We're very active on LinkedIn as well. We put out a lot of useful content on LinkedIn and um, helpful tips for companies recruiting. So happy to get in touch with you any way you'd like. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would you know, wholeheartedly recommend uh, our listeners check out the website, solutionharbor.com, and then, you know, follow Amanda on LinkedIn. She comes up with some great, I saw a great video the other day, some great tips. Um, just, you know, 
keep her close by so that when you're when you're really sin- sincerely ready to find top talent at your business that you know how to get in touch with her because uh, she's a terrific asset for you to have and, and man i really appreciate you coming on and sharing your tips with us and again uh things are always changing so check in uh maybe we uh, t- uh talk again in the next few months and just see how things are progressing uh with our crazy economy right now <laughs> all right that sounds great bill i appreciate <laughs> you having me so much thank you Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 